Have you been thinking it's time to rebuild yourself? We've all been through hard times, but what matters in the end isn't what you've been through, but how you move through it. People don't realize how important healing actually is. To start to really heal on your journey, I have created a nine-week online course designed to help people who want to take that first step into healing their wounds. It helps you to see where your wounds are in order to stop them from continuing to influence your life. This is your chance to begin learning the important life skills to lead a healthier, happier life. So sign up today on my website. All the links are below. And you guys, this is so, so important. So please take advantage of this opportunity and you can do it at your own pace and you have it available to you for six months. Hey guys, welcome back. Thanks for joining me for another video. Just getting set up here. Today we are talking about five reasons why someone is emotionally abusive. We're gonna talk about these reasons because when we typically talk about emotional abuse, we sometimes link it to narcissism, maybe someone who is like a psychopath or a sociopath. We talk a lot about mental disorders, mental health disorders, and this isn't about a disorder. This is about like the everyday person that when they feel something uncomfortable or they don't wanna feel something uncomfortable, they tend to use these types of tactics on you or other people to make them feel good, possibly control situations, et cetera, et cetera. So let's get into reasons why someone is emotionally abusive. So the first reason why someone is emotionally abusive is quite frankly, they just aren't even aware of what it is that they're doing. This means that they don't realize what they're actually feeling inside that's causing them to behave in the way that they do. They have been programmed to deflect and to disassociate from themselves. And so when they feel something uncomfortable, these things that they do are really just defense mechanisms to help kind of like soothe any amount of uncomfortableness that they're feeling or pain that they're experiencing. And you're basically just the person that's getting all the backlash. Now, self-awareness is something that we're taught. And if you're not taught self-awareness, then you won't be aware as to why you're doing what you're doing. So you can't ever really fix a problem if you don't even realize that there's a problem to be fixed. Now, self-awareness is something that is taught to us through either mirroring. So when you were a child, if you didn't receive, you know, parents and people that raised you that were very inquisitive, that wanted to know how you were doing, wanted to know why you feel the way you do, asked you questions so you could start to practice how to be connected to your own self. That way you did have a clear, understanding of why you feel the way you feel, then you didn't have anyone to even mirror that. Now, on top of that, let's say you actually did have some really great mirroring. You had really great parents. They were very inquisitive. They were very curious as to why that you feel the way you do. They loved you, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> if they didn't then teach you how to do all those things for yourself, how to be able to like go within and be inquisitive and ask yourself questions and really teach you kind of like the process of self-parenting as you became a young adult or adult, then again, you're, you might have a, a great foundation to go off of, but you didn't build what you needed to build in order to become a really healthy and secure adult. So you might basically fall back to like old ways or default ways of trying to make yourself feel better when you felt something uncomfortable. When you felt something uncomfortable when you were a child, there were people there to soothe you. There were people there to validate you and soothe you hopefully, if you received what you should have gotten growing up. But 
If they weren't there, then what you learned was to go outside in order to soothe what's going on inside because you didn't learn the tools and you didn't have the skills to be able to kind of like go within and manage your own feelings. That's pretty much majority of the reasons why we have the problems that we have in the world is because we go outside rather than going inside. Now, when we go outside, obviously we're making other people responsible for how we feel. And if they're not doing what we need them to do, if life's not going the way we needed it to go, then we're not going to be happy and we're going to become very reactive. We're also going to feel like it's other people's responsibility to change and conform and to give us what we need. When you are not really connected to yourself and when you're really not practicing these things, you just become more and more detached from your own self. And when that happens, there is no self-awareness. You can't practice self-awareness unless you're ready to kind of like be very, very in tune with you. When there's no self-awareness really there or being practiced, you're not going to be fully present to things like joy and gratitude. You could have everything that you actually need, but you won't be able to see it because you're, again, you're, you're falling asleep to old ways of looking at situation, old programming, um, how you were raised and, and things like that. Uh, just, you know, negative self-talk, et cetera you're also not going to be aware of the pain, the worry, the insecure, the suffering. And so if you're not aware of it, you'll be aware of it logically, like you know that you're worrying or you know that you're stressed. But a lot of the times we are feeling things that we're not tending to and we're just deflecting and disassociating from those things and trying to fill voids by filling up our schedules or, you know, lashing out at someone else when it's really not that person. It's just what's going on within. Now, the second reason why someone is emotionally abusive is because they can't really handle their own feelings. So let's go back to step one. If I'm unaware, then I am not even aware of what my feelings are. And if I'm not even aware of what my feelings are, I sure as heck am not going to be able to tend to them. You being able to tend to your own feelings is again, something that was supposed to be mirrored to you, but it was also something that was supposed to be taught to you. So you were supposed to learn how to handle uncomfortable feelings. One of the first things that you learn as a child are boundaries. You learn that you can't just walk up to anyone and grab a toy away from little Susie because Susie has the toy and you want it. So you learn boundaries. But now as a child, when you look at different stages of a child's life, in the beginning, you know, a one-year-old, you might soothe by picking up the child and, you know, rocking them when they're sad or uncomfortable because they logically can't understand that it's not acceptable and it is not okay to be able to do that. You also can't scold a child at one years old the way you would talk to a 12-year-old because it's a completely different human, right? It's a completely different mindset, a completely different um, lack of logic versus being too emotional. So it's so, so important to understand that most people don't know how to manage their own feelings. They're unaware of what their feelings are, number one. They're not curious as to why they're feeling what they're feeling, even if there is that little inkling of self-awareness, like I feel stressed, I feel worried, but there's no curiosity as to like, why, why am I feeling this way? And this is really where the story starts to kind of unravel. And if the story does start to unravel, it's probably going to go along the lines of, well, you did this, or this didn't work out, or she needed to do this or give this to me and she didn't. And that's why I feel the way I feel. When you're dealing with the everyday person, most people don't have self-awareness. Most people don't know why they're feeling or what they're feeling. They're so detached from themselves. 
And they definitely, if, if they actually knew how they were feeling and started to tend to those feelings, most people don't really have the tools in order to be able to do that. And one of the biggest things is validation. When we're learning boundaries, like I said earlier, uh, validation is a huge piece. And emotional health, when we talk about emotional health, it is so, so important that we understand emotional health. We tend to understand mental health. And when I say mental health, I don't mean that big umbrella that we're always talking about. Mental health, mental health. I'm talking about a logical, mental, I don't want to say tough love, but more of that realm of thinking and self-love that you give yourself that is actually really beneficial and needed. But before you can do that, there is an emotional piece that has to have happen. And the emotional piece is the ability to validate yourself and the ability to self-soothe. And those are two things that most people don't know how to do. And when you don't know how to do that, that means you're not going to be able to tend to your feelings and manage your feelings in the healthiest way. So if you don't have self-awareness, then you're not going to be able to tend to any feelings that come up. If you make it a point to say, okay, I'm gonna start taking responsibility for every feeling that I have when it comes up, when I can acknowledge it, right? You're not gonna be able to acknowledge everything that's coming up at every minute of every day. But when you start to like, really take responsibility for yourself, you do that. You say, I'm ready to fully own it all, regardless of what people do and say to me. That right there is essentially self-parenting. And I talk about it all the time because it is a fundamental process that you absolutely have to learn in order for you to be healthy. I'll actually link the course down below. Um, but it's your ability to take care of yourself on both the emotional level and the mental level. An emotionally abusive person, even if it's not like the worst person in the world, just someone that when they get upset, they do this. When they get angry, they do this. When they get defensive, they do this. When something uncomfortable comes up, they do this. These are the things that they do. And the reason why they do them is because of all of these reasons, because of reason one, like I said, reason two, and not knowing how to manage their own feelings. That's probably one of the biggest ones. When we talk about emotional abuse and when we talk about um, you know, things like narcissism and things like that, a lot of emotional abuse are, number four, are patterns, they're, they're programs, they're things that we're taught growing up that we logically understand are not good and we shouldn't be doing them, but we go on such default because of that lack of self-awareness, because of that ability to take full responsibility for myself, we start to go on autopilot and we, and we start doing the things that like, mom, our mom did, or our dad did, or how we were raised. And we're trying so hard to like break those generational curses. And it's very hard when you don't have that level of self-awareness, when you don't know what you think and how you feel, and when you're not ready to take responsibility for what you think and how you feel. So in order to do, you know, you can't just go from step five to step one, you gotta go from one, two, three. And as you begin to see, as we're going through all these steps, you can see that most people don't do any of this work. And most people struggle with just step one. And even when I'm coaching clients and we're really starting to practice self-parenting, the biggest thing is practicing step one and not, rushing too fast in this process because you're trying to undo years and years of habitual programming and habitual ways of thinking that you've just always done. You're an autopilot at this point. And in the beginning, it's it's a little exhausting to, to be that self-aware of yourself, but the more you do it, it gets easier and easier. And then it just becomes a part of who you are. And quite frankly, you're never the same ever again in a good way. So when we think about not just narcissism and mental health disorders and things like that, we're talking about the average person that if they took the time to just kind of like slow down and do these things, they could really start overcoming a lot of the 
abusive tactics that they tend to use on either you or other people. But you have to have the person willing. You have to be a person that's open. You have to be a person that's ready for this because not everyone is energetically, emotionally, mentally, whatever, in that space to say, I'm ready to actually take responsibility for this because I don't wanna be passive aggressive. I'm ready to say, okay, why am I being passive aggressive and start slowing down and doing something different? Now, the last thing, and this is probably the most obvious, it's what we hear all the time, someone who's emotionally abusive, why are they this way? Power and control. Now, when we talked about not knowing how to manage our own feelings, when feelings come up, they're uncomfortable, which are usually a feeling of being out of control, um, we tend to want to seek that control back because what we don't realize is that the only control that we have is within ourselves and we can actually feel really great and have a great life if we understand that I can't control this, I can only control this. And when I just manage this, everything else, it, it's kind of irrelevant actually what ends up happening because I feel good here. So it always starts here first. But someone who is really emotionally abusive and. And you know, even if you're not real emotional abuser, you know, I tell people, most people when they're feeling uncomfortable, they don't know why they're feeling the way they're feeling or when they feel certain ways, uh, they tend to do one or two things. Most people, even someone who is severely narcissistic or whatever, they, they always kind of live in like an area, in a space. Do I guilt you? Do I shame you? Do I manipulate you? Do I like to gaslight you? Like, you know, obviously when you start to get into like mental health disorders and we're talking about narcissism and things like that, those types of people can kind of bounce from one thing to the next, but they definitely like, I always say their drink of choice. Like they like this one thing and it tends to work really well for them. So let's just say it's manipulation, which is a big one for someone who's narcissistic. But when manipulation doesn't really work because you're starting to catch on or you know manipulation and you're just a healthy person and it just doesn't work on you, um, will guilt work? And they'll start to kind of like switch up their tactic. I think for someone who doesn't have a personality disorder or, or any kind of disorder in that way and you're just talking about the average person, usually it's kind of like one or two things that they do and they just stick to it. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm just gonna make you at fault and move on, right? So understanding that emotional abuse comes from a lack of power, a lack of control, and someone who uses these tactics on you, if they work, which means that they're starting to break you down, meaning you're starting to question yourself, you feel like you're going crazy, like your self-esteem is getting lowered, quite frankly, it is because you are putting that person's views above yourself, meaning you need this person to validate you, to approve of you, to give you love. You need this person to think of you in a certain way. You, you need, you crave things that honestly you're just not even giving to yourself. So when that happens, a person's able to actually break you down. A person's actually able to manipulate you. They can actually gaslight you. And it's very easy to do these things on you. And what we're trying to do is give you guys so much education that you understand when these things are happening. Because I know for me, I didn't understand emotional abuse. I didn't know when it was happening. I didn't understand my own triggers, which is a huge part of emotional abuse is understanding your triggers. Because if you understand when you get triggered, then you can stop and start parenting yourself. Um, is, is actually, literally it has to be done. It's the only way you're ever going to be able to stop a person from abusing you. Because abuse, only can really happen when you allow it to affect you. It doesn't mean you're going to be able to change a person and stop them from doing what they're doing, 
but it doesn't mean that you are going to respond differently to the abuse. So how can I respond differently to the abuse? That way, what you're doing, it doesn't affect me the way that it did before. It's not trying to break me down. And someone who is emotionally abusive really seeks that power and control. So they're either going to use these things to chip away at you to then control you so you can get, so they can get what they want out of you or the situation, or they're doing it as backlash because they tried to abuse you and maybe it's not working and maybe you're becoming strong and powerful and they don't like that. And so this is now backlash. But either or really starts with you learning about these things. Why are they the way they are? What is emotional abuse? And how can I become healthy? That way I can kind of like create a bubble around myself. And when these things happen, they can bounce off of me quicker and I can respond differently than how I ever did before. So, so important. And it's so funny too, because I was cleaning something in my office the other day and I came upon my ebook and I haven't seen this in like a while. It was like the first one I did. I was so proud of it. Um, but I will actually link this down below. This is a great, great thing. It's a great uh, tool. It's called Take Your Power Back. I wrote it a few years ago. It's a guide to overcoming emotional abuse. And it's just like a great book. It's got like great insight. Um, I actually don't have any more physical copies of this. So you can actually just download it or I have the audio, which I did myself for you guys. But it's a great little um, guide to really surviving emotional abuse. And it goes over all of the emotional abusive tactics. It goes over your emotional um, triggers, which again is huge for you to understand what's triggering you. Um, it talks a little bit about self-parenting, your inner dialogue, but it's just a great, great tool for you guys to have. Again, I will link that down below if you guys are interested. But I hope that this video has helped you understand emotional abuse even better. I hope it under hope it really helps you to even understand why this person's doing what they're doing. I think that is really great in itself to hopefully allow you to not be so reactive to this person. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this video and I will see you in the next one. Healing starts with you. You have to choose that you want to actually thrive in your life. And that starts with investing in yourself. I offer a four-week commitment to start your healing journey. Yes, this is a commitment. It's a commitment to yourself, to the life that you want to see become a reality and to a healthier way of living. It includes private coaching sessions with me. It requires you to do weekly homework tailored specifically to what you are going through in your journey and also access to my nine-week online course. If you're feeling like you're stuck in something you can't get out of, this is the first step towards happiness, sign up today on my website in the links below.